1: the final week of the regular season all to play for for the blue jays three games against the new york yankees starting tonight at the roger center three games against the tampa bay rays and then dot 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 we await and see um, what the future holds for the blue jays they're in second wild card right now currently a game and a half up in houston and uh, the mariners a game and a half back of the ass of the Mariners just to have really picked a bad time to uh, hit the skids, Kevin. But the focus for these next three days, three nights, will be on the New York Yankees. The Jays have made some moves ahead of tonight's game. Brandon Belt has been reinstated from the 10-day injured list. He is in the lineup tonight. Jay Jackson has been recalled, and he will be active for tonight's game. Spencer Horowitz and Nate Pearson have been optioned to the Florida Complex League because the Triple A season is, of course, over. Mm. Um, perhaps the most important news I would I would think not to take anything away from the return of of Brandon Belt, who after all has been the Blue Jays cleanup hitter for much of this year. Um, Aaron Judge is not in the Yankees lineup. Anthony Volpe not in the Yankees lineup. Wonder how that wonder how that's going down in Seattle. Yeah, I don't think that. Why would the Yankees care? Like it's,
2: I think about it's more for me about Judge's toe, and you know he played twenty two straight in a in a row, obviously, and and you know it's more about them getting him ready for the off season and and preparing him for next season and and trying to keep him as healthy as possible and make sure the toe's a hundred percent. Yeah, it's. I mean, I. The Yankees have been through some things, <laughs> so. You know, to for them to sit around and, and worry about, I think, what everybody else is. Yeah, and Seattle, look, Seattle's got some problems. Like they, they've obviously ran into some good teams. You know, Texas, a really good team. The Astros don't play really good at home. They go on the road, they play really, really well. And I, and you Justin know, Ver,
1: Justin Verlander yeah, was, I told was you this. really good. You go stand night. up,
2: really good. You to stand up in front of your teammates and basically call them out. Then you got go to go. You better the step up and and almost throw a complete game. And that's sort of. You know, this again, this is why you as an organization like the Astros go out and acquire dudes because of this time of the year. Like they want them to have the ball and and go out there and, and shove. And that's exactly what happened. So yeah, this is again, we mentioned this chaos. Like there's some there's some teams that are that are struggling. There's some teams that all of a sudden have their their cleanup hitter hitting a bunch of home runs. John Gray last night had a really good start start for Texas. So there's some teams that are, you know, starting to get hot at the right time. The Astros, I don't really know how to take them. You know, you know they can hit. Can they pitch enough? And can they get out of their own way enough to actually make the playoffs? And I think once they get in, that's when they'll be at their toughest just because of their lineup and because of the couple of guys they got up front and their bullpen, they'll piece it together because they've been there and done it before. So, yes, this is is fun. This is, you know, and I think it gets down to the Blue Jays when three games are in. That's just how important – you know they want to make the second spot in the wild card, right? It's the okay if you solidify making a playoff spot. How serious do you want to be, and how much you want to use those starters? That's the thing, right? Like this could be Gosman's last start. It's mm-hmm. it very well could be so of this, the regular season, absolutely. So it'll it'll be very interesting to see how they handle this again. It's you know for Gosman, for me, when you when you're facing a team like that back to back starts you. It's about called strikes with the fastball. It's about getting swing and miss with the split finger. He can do that. He'll give the lineup a chance to have the big inning. Michael King, it's glove side. Like, that's where he's going to throw it, right? It's the sinker. It's the four-seamer. Uh, it's the sweeper. It's the
1: change-up. It's glove side. What do you think after seeing him dominate the Jays the last time he faced him? Will the Jays change their approach at all? Should I don't they? think
2: they can. I Like, I yeah, look, uh, how many right-handed hitters for the Jays do you see go the other way? It's rare. So I don't think they can. he It's not like he was perfect. He left balls down the middle. They were over either over-swinging or cheating to get the velocity. Don't cheat. Stay within yourself. It's okay to get jammed. It's okay to have a couple of jam shots up the middle to get, you know, a guy to the plate and, uh, and a chance to hit a three-run homer in the third inning. So, yeah, I think that's sort of where they're at. They're making the in-game adjustments and adjustments from, you know, from one time you see a guy to the next time. It's just they're very familiar now with the way the two-seamer moves, you know, how hard the fastball looks, what the sweeper, you know, when he will throw it sort of when, right? How much it breaks when he does throw it. If he throws it, you know, in an 0 count, will it break as much? How much it breaks when he throws it with two strikes? You know, what the difference is with the changeup when he throws it when he does throw it. So they'll at least have an idea when it comes to that. But actually letting the ball travel and hitting the ball the other way I. Ain't gonna move around the batter's box. Ain't gonna choke up. Ain't gonna let the ball travel. Like again, I think it's just I said this a couple times ago. Whenever you're facing the elite guys and Michael King's elite, right? That stuff because of the deception he has with the turn and the arm angle. It see he they see it very late, and he throws just hard enough for you know them to, to for it to make it real hard for them to actually get barrel to ball. It's getting an athletic position as soon as you can and try and get barrel to baseball. That's simplify it that much, and when he throws you one down the middle, because he will. He's a hard thrower. You know, he's a stuff guy. He's not a location guy. He's an outer
1: third guy. Occasionally, you're going to leave one down the middle. When you get it, don't miss it. Uh, The Jays' opponents, should they make the postseason, will either be Tampa Bay or Minnesota. We'll be joined later on in the show by Tad Levine, senior VP and GM of the Minnesota Twins. That's at 630. John Morosi joins us. Nice. Dan Shulman will join us at the bottom of the hour. We also have tickets to give away. To see the Jays and Rays at the Rogers Center on September 30th. Uh, the AL standings are as follows, bearing in mind that a couple of teams had the last night off. The Baltimore Orioles 97 59, they lead these. Texas is 88 68. They've won six in a row, mm. and uh, after losing four in a row, they've won six in a row. Hitting homers
2: again. Uh, they're hitting
1: homers again. Uh, Minnesota's already got the division wrapped up. They're 83 and 73. They're just trying to stay healthy and interested. Uh, Tampa Bay, they have the top wild-card spot. They're seven and a half games up in Toronto. That uh, isn't going to change anytime soon. The Jays are 87-69. Be good enough to win the Central Division by four games. Be good enough to be half a game back at Texas in the uh, West. As it is right now, have to settle for being a game and a half yeah. up on Houston. who's eighty-six and <laughs> 71 They have the uh, last wild-card spot. And... um yeah, Seattle's lost uh, lost four in a row and uh, three and they're three and seven. In I the ask you a
2: question game. you think you think the Jays organization as a whole that includes players care if they play the Rays or the Twins? No, I don't either. I I, I because you've asked me this numerous times. I, I care. I had to do but. some digging, like I because I've had enough of not having an answer for it. So I ask around people that are on the team and you know, live it and play it against either one of those teams. And I got the same answer all the time. They don't care. I mean, they really don't like it's, it's basically potato, potato. You can split it down the middle, right? Rotation for one team's better. Offense for one team's better. Like, you know, pitching as a whole is about the same, right? Either one of these teams, ERA is about the same. Average against about the same. Whip's about the same. K's. You know, the Twins do strike out a bunch of guys, but so do the Rays. They don't walk anybody. Like, it's not like one team is way ahead of Minnesota's, the other team.
1: Minnesota's best I, pitchers are are better
2: I, than L- uh, Okay, pitchers. it's funny you say that. Sonny Gray's better than Tyler Glasnow or Zach Eflin. I think it's a toss-up with uh, Eflin. Okay, Pablo Lopez or Eflin, Bradley, Latell Glasnow. Like, who Lopez. cares? Whichever one of them. Yeah, Lopez. Lopez. Yeah, I mean, that's debatable. Joe Ryan, because he's a giant human, he throws really hard. We'll go Bradley or Latell, I guess. That's like, it's again, like it's, and then you looking at bullpens because most of the time, it's right, it's the Jays pitching holds the other team's lineup down because of the way the lineup for the Jays has issues against the other team's starter that allows them to maybe in the fifth inning like they did against Glass now or... What was it like the fourth inning against Bradley? I can't remember the inning, but it was one of those big innings, right? That's sort of what they're trying to do. That's what I said. I asked around and I got the same answer. And most of the people that I talked to, I ain't got no reason to lie to me, but they did sort of agree with you that it is a little bit of that. When you got Gosman having issues with the twins, you know, they're sort of wanting to line him up for game
1: one. I mean, you're looking for, you're, you're looking for every edge and, just seeing the way this team played in Tampa, seeing how relatively clean the baseball was, seeing how hurt Tampa is—I I don't know why you wouldn't want to play Tampa in a in an enclosed stadium, a controlled environment. Man. You've got you have you have been there. You've taken two of three in Tampa. You—you know—you may have—you may have kind of shaken that 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 off your back a little bit with Tampa Bay. I just rather do that than go into a Minnesota team that's th- basically been treading water for ten days in an outdoor stadium. where who the hell knows what the weather's going to yeah, be? Yeah, I
2: think I think they have so much faith in their in their pitching staff. I don't think they really care. And they look at the same thing I look at that the Twins strike out a ton. They have six guys with a hundred or more punch outs. Jays are have the second most punch outs in base in baseball as a pitching staff. Like, yeah, they hit homers, but. They do strike out a ton, and I think they have a ton of confidence. This is what I said. Like, it is – you can line it up, and I'm sure the things that you just mentioned, those are things that they're talking about. It's – obviously, I don't know at the end when it's – push comes to shove that they're actually going to have a a chance
1: of deciding which way oh, or the no, other. Oh, no, 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 no. I, 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 that's not what I – no, that – I'm just saying, I, I don't, I don't like you win as many games. You win as many games as you can. You let the chips fall where they may. I'm not a fan of trying to navigate scenarios so that you end okay. up. But I'm just saying. Let me ask you for a me. Question. I'd rather, I'd rather face Tampa Bay than they, Minnesota. They
2: sweep the Yankees. Okay, it's three.
1: I think they're in. Right, that's
2: sort of the magic number is three. I, mean, I think three so, yeah, games. Yeah, something. Oh, oh. I, I, I don't understand magic. Okay, numbers, once so. you're in, Gossman, you don't pitch again. Do you or don't you like? Do you pitch him again just to say you're fighting for the two okay, spots? Well, just
1: just hang on. So if I'm in and after the Yankee series, I mean, so so if the Magic if you don't is if you three, don't st- you if you don't if pitch him Tuesday or if you, if you don't pitch him again, so you're you're telling him he's going to have Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, Monday off. He's going to be pitching in seven days.
2: Yeah. Um. With him, he's a two-pitch guy. He's not a field guy. He's a stuff guy. He seems to throw harder, too, when he got to a little extra day or
1: two. Yeah, to me, there's – I've had too many pitchers tell me there's a – because I've asked them, and I've had too many pitchers tell me that there is a big difference between an extra day and two extra days. And, I mean, I have no reason for them them to lie. I think you could probably work your way around that if you want. I don't know if the dude feels he needs it. Why would you? Why would he need a tune-up start? I mean, I I, I wouldn't have any problem if, if they brought up uh, Bowden Francis and let him pitch one of these games, and um, you know, let let Ryu pitch one of the games, and 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 save save Gossman for for that first game against uh, against whomever. It's, it sounds like that's who think, they want. Yeah, I just I just don't think you can get cute and try to, you know, let's finish. No, in, in with the third wild card instead no, of the second, is, what I'm so saying is, we don't have
2: to. If you get in before his next start, well, then you after try to, this one, you do whatever you can to you. You talk. Would, to, you, would you, you care about the second or third spot? Right. Say you go four and two, and. You're already in after you sweep the Yankees. Are you worried about that, or are you trying to line your pitching up? That's I'm the trying question. To,
1: yeah, I'm trying to line my pitching up to, so So that, you might get the Twins instead of the Rays. That's the question. That's what I'm asking you. Yeah, I mean, Kevin Gossman's p- pitching the first game for me. Whatever I have to do to get him lined up, keep him happy, I'm mm-hmm. doing. There you go. Um, hey, yeah, like I said, I mean, I, if you just ask the question, who would I rather face? I'd rather face Tampa Bay than Minnesota. I, I'm hoping the Jays players don't give a damn. They shouldn't they shouldn't give a damn about who they have to be they're, they're going to have to beat one of those teams eventually anyhow. Yeah. so you know i yeah i'm i'm fine with them with them with them playing either team i just think tampa bay all things considered um is better it, is a better fit for them mm. than minnesota is but now i i i will say this i i'm going to give I felt that way before the race series this weekend too. I just don't want to, I don't want a part of a team that's, that's uh, I, the Jays, the Jays are such a, an incomplete offensive team that I need to do whatever I can to maximize the defense and all things being equal, it's easier to play defense inside than it is outside. So that's how I'm looking at it, very simply.
2: Yeah, I don't think it has anything to do with the defense. I think the lineup for the Twins can get very left-handed, and when Gosman and Bassett and Barrios have issues, it's with lineups with a bunch of lefties in it. Not saying the Rays can't run some lefties out there, but when you don't have Brandon Lau and and Luke Rayleigh on your team, and they're left-handed, that doesn't that takes away a couple of lefties. Yeah. And throws a few more righties in there, which makes those guys better with their secondary oh, stuff and their location, glove side, and that's may, a big deal. They may not be healthy, too.
1: So the, the Twins, you know, you're just waiting to see whether or not Byron Buxton is healthy. But tampa, Tampa's tampa got, I would argue, probably more serious injury concerns than Minnesota. The Jays lineup for tonight's game, and it is a 7-0-7 first pitch at the Rogers Center. Springer leading off Bichette. Is hitting second at shortstop. Vladdy is at first base. Kevin Biggio is in the cleanup spot at second base. Matt Chapman's hitting fifth. Brandon Belt is back. He's DHing. Dalton Varsho is in the left field. Alejandro Kirk is behind the plate. Kevin Kiermeyer's in center field. So you've got uh, three of your last four hitters are lefty hitters uh, against Michael King. And um, Michael King, the last time out we mentioned, was very good. Very good against the Blue Jays. He he's he's the type of guy that Belt's presence might make a difference in that lineup.
2: He wouldn't scare me if I were Michael King, but I I would attack him and see if he can hit an elevated fastball. He ain't played in forever. Like it's, it like he he relies on some trickery. It's hard to pick up the ball. Uh, he's got enough velocity on the four seamer to make it tricky. He's got enough late movement because of the trickery because it's hard to see. Like I. Look, it doesn't hurt to have another veteran lefty in there who's going to work some counts and maybe run some pitch counts up. And we saw, you know, how the bullpen looked for the Yankees the last time. Again, it's not, this is not going to be any different game than it always is for the Blue Jays. They're not going to score 15 runs. It's going to be the beginning. And can Kevin Gosman keep him around long enough to allow him to have the beginning? And I don't see that that's not going to happen. Like, I think they're – I think they have found something. I don't know what that something is, maybe – uh, maybe Vladdy looks better at the plate. Maybe uh, George Springer, dare I say, is earning the 150. Uh, this is why you paid him, the 150. It's the six RBIs. That's why you paid him, like it is. And hopefully those are two good reasons why they can be a little bit more of a threat and have to force those pitchers to make perfect pitches to get them out. Don't miss the good one. You know, you're going to get some good ones. Don't miss those, and hopefully... Vladdy being on a hot streak. George Springer being on a hot streak. Bo looks like now he's not thinking about anything other than what the scoreboard's telling him to think, which is a great thing if you're a Blue Jays fan. And then everybody else behind him, you do what the the score tells you to do, right? If a guy's on third with less than two outs, you got to choke up, stand on your head to hit a sack fly. That's what you got to do. And I don't think they're not going to do anything other than that right now. I think they're buying into... That whatever it takes mentality. I think
1: they may have, they may have, we may have discovered that um, more than they've discovered. I think maybe we, not just you and me, but Mm. folks in general may have discovered that there is actually an identity to this team offensively.
2: I think it tells you if George is looking good and Vladdy is looking good, this lineup can be dangerous. Then it doesn't, who cares what? everybody does after that right. four spot. Like who cares? Like when those two dudes are doing their thing, cause you sort of know that Bo's going to be a tough out. Like he's had some games where he's chasing and as a human being, he's trying to figure out timing. There's a lot of parts there. You know, they know that when Vladdy's not hitting and George is not doing anything. You got one dude. If I nibble at him, he gets himself out. I walk him. I don't really care. Cause the dude behind him, I'm not real scared of. Right. And then everybody else, you couldn't name them. If you pick, tried to line them up. So, I think for I mean, me, in, in for fa- me anyway, that's what it is. It's those two guys.
1: In fairness to him, Kevin Kiermaier has been awfully good out of that number nine spot, and he's he's rolled the lineup over a couple of times. Sure and, doesn't hurt, you know. For George Springer, having someone on base when you come up uh, often in, at second base and has I also like
2: I also like whenever they see the opportunity to be aggressive
1: on the bases, which they've been really bad at. Well, you this take
2: is, advantage of that. We, we like, talked
1: about going in. They had what did they had two stolen bases in September until Witt stole a base in that was it the first game, was it a game at Yankee Stadium or was it the first game in Tampa where Witt stole second and it was mm-hmm. it was their third stolen base of the month, which yeah, <laughs> you, you know, look, I, this team isn't even that there's one part of this team where the analytics and the eye test and everything match up. They're not real fast on the bases. that matches up. I mean, they're not the analytics. They're just, they're just not, they're just not, I mean, Bo has gotten slower. Vladdy was not that great to begin with. They're kind of a bunch of plow horses on the base path, to be honest. Um, But even having said that, I, I was really surprised. That a team that was scuffling this much offensively wasn't trying to do a little more, and, and maybe it maybe it's just because it, they're not capable of doing it. But whatever reason, yeah, I don't know what little past, more is the, the past couple of past couple of games um, they've looked more like. Yeah, their- I think that's why you put Varsho
2: in front of Kirk. Varsho gets on, leading off an inning. Kirk, he's, uh, you let him try and steal the base, right? You try and keep him out of the double play. There's a reason why they put their lineup out the way they put it out and put Kirk where they're putting him is just a, a little bit try and because he's a contact guy. Man, that just they beat us to death with that, right? Yeah. It's just we're, we're lining up. We're putting our lineup out there for dudes that can put a ball and play. Okay, we appreciate that. But can they get a big hit when it matters the most? Are they good hitters? And just sometimes you got to, if they're not – sort of make out your lineup to where you're trying to hide the big weakness. Right. And I think this is sort of you got what you got. And it just it the team looks totally different when Vladdy and George Springer are yeah, sort that's... of at the same time doing things that they're supposed to be doing. Right. And that's mid, that's when they get good pitches to hit, they ain't missing them. like yeah, again, yeah. these pitchers aren't perfect. they' got really good stuff, and they can no, they know weaknesses that the is the elevated fastball, but they don't always throw it up. They try, but they leave balls down the middle, and now it just seems like Vladdy's kind of not thinking about that and hopefully not thinking about his knee and everything that's happening off the field and can get some good pitches to hit, and when he gets them can hammer them things because he hits the ball really hard when he gets a good pitch. Um.
1: All right, so we talked about Michael King. They've got Garrett Cole tomorrow against Jose Barrios. Garrett Cole going for the Cy Young awards. Is really the only thing the Yankees are playing for, uh, having been eliminated already. Chris Bassett uh, against Luke. That's Weaver. probably
2: why those two dudes aren't playing today, and I'm sure they'll play tomorrow.
1: Well, Volpe and um, Judge and Judge. Yeah, uh, uh, yeah. I mean, that's actually absolutely. that's actually a good test. Oh, if you're absolutely. gonna give, if you're gonna give Judge a day off, absolutely. With all due respect, sorry, Michael King, but we're going to uh, we're got, gonna give you a day off. We're going to let Garrett Cole, uh, we're going to let, you know, we're going to, we got to maximize what we have for Garrett Cole. Like that, again, that's all they're playing for right now is to get Garrett Cole, hmm. uh, get Garrett Cole that Cy Young award. But uh I, mean, yeah, I was just asking, but... yeah, I know. But I mean, I, I was just asking about, you know, because there's the old story, right? When you're playing a game of significance, maybe not to your team, but of significance, a game of the significance in the race, you generally feel obligated to put your best out there because, yeah, you got nothing to stake against the Blue Jays, but a couple of other teams do. And not having Volpe and Judge out there, I mean, it happened that teams do that. I
2: mean, yeah, Judge again. A, a Judge is like a giant. He's played 22 games in a row. He's had the toe issue. I guess. Like, I, I'm sure he's going to play the two games after this, give him the day off. It's sort of a one a, a question. day after I mean, a travel day, like, I guess. I mean, if you, if you want yeah. to look at it the way you're looking at it, I, well, okay. But, I mean, I, for me anyway, they got one thing, a couple of things. The dude that's pitching tomorrow and the guy that plays right field to hang their hat on for next season. And then they're going to try and figure out everything else, filling in the blanks with however many places they can fill in the blanks with. You take care of those two assets, and I think that's what you're trying to do. And, again, this if you're the Blue Jays, you take advantage of this. If you were coming into this and you were Kevin, you're pitching around Aaron Judge. Right. No question. Like, yeah. there, there's no way you let him beat you. None. If you got to walk him four times, you walk him. And now you don't have to do that. So, makes it a little easier and, again, He can get some called strikes with the four-seamer. That'll get them in swing mode. He'll get more swing and misses on the split finger. He won't have to throw as many sliders, you know, to add some trickery early in counts, and he'll be more efficient and go a little bit deeper in the game. And I'm sure he'd be fired up too, which is a good thing. This is September baseball for a guy
1: that's been around a long time who's pitched a lot. If you're interested in the Yankees lineup, it is LeMahieu, Torres, Wells, Stanton. Kiner, Falefa, Cabrera, Perazza, Pereira, Floriel, of course, Michael King uh, on uh, uh, on the mound. We should add, by the way, we should add, by the way, that Aaron Judge or or Aaron Boone has indicated that Aaron Judge is, is available to pinch hit today for what it's worth. I so walk him in the eighth inning. just yeah. like you can walk him in the first. Yeah. yeah. What's facts? And And you know what? Quite frankly. That might kind of factor into it too. If, if you know that your dude's going to be walked, give him the day off. You know? And uh, I mean, again, I think, I think,
2: don't overthink it too much. I think this is more you're trying to protect one of the best players in baseball for years to come with the toe issue and how much he's played in a row and what he's looked like running the bases and hitting and. I mean, he hit three homers with one guy. This dude's elite offensively. Like he does, he is a giant human who has quadrants that nobody's mm-hmm. seen before because of how big he is. Like it, and to be able to cover him the way he does and hit the ball as far as he does from about right field all the way over to the left field line—that's some elite stuff. So whenever you got a chance to give him a day off, no matter when that
1: day is, you do it. You should also mention that Kevin Gossman, by the way, uh, has. Four strikeouts more than Pablo Lopez. He leads the AL. Um, He's held at least a share of the league leading strikeouts since June 1st. Uh, But he has 232 strikeouts. Pablo Lopez of the Twins has 228. Both of them are are expected to make at least one more start. So just throw that out there. Yeah, it's the
2: extra gear, too. We haven't seen the extra gear in a while from Kevin. He's pitched a lot. Like, there's a lot of traffic on that arm. And the extra gear, when he doesn't have it, means he has to pitch more. He's got to think his way mm-hmm, through it, mm-hmm. be a little bit more unpredictable. That's when you see more sliders. So, hopefully, right out the gate, he will tell you right out the gate whether he's got it or not. Like, for me, I know he pitches at 94, but when's the last time in a big spot? It could be in the first inning where he just says, okay, here it 97, is. 97, 99. It's rare. Yeah. Like, it's rare that you ever see that anymore. So, I've seen oh, 97 oh, and 98 a
1: couple of times, but not. There, there, it seems to me there was a run of games, maybe it was in July, where we would see ninety-eight, ninety-seven, the same at bat or something like that. Now it's a little more of a rare occurrence. Well, sometimes he, he and sometimes
2: he does it intentionally. He he's, gives his arm a break because of who he's facing. Right, right. I mean, it's, you can't you can't mess around because of the way your lineup's been, especially at home. They're not very good at hitting at home.
1: Yeah, no, no they not. If you're, you know, if you're Kevin Gossman, what you'd really like tonight a, a nice four nothing lead the second inning or something Boy, like that. Wouldn't we, would y'all. be great. Dan Shulman is our Blue Jays play-by-play voice on Sportsnet. He will have the call of the game from the Rogers Center. He joins us next. It's Blair and Barker on Sportsnet 590, The Fan and Sportsnet. Fresh views on everything in the National Football League. It's the Fan Checkdown with Matt Marchese and Donovan Bennett. Subscribe and download the show on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. All right, Dan Schulman, the voice of the Blue Jays, joins us in a few minutes. I tell you a little story about Kevin Gossman um, before we uh, play some clips. A clip from John Schneider who a couple of minutes ago was talking about Gossman's importance to this team. If you think back to, um, make sure I get this date right. If you think back till to June, early June, when uh, the Blue Jays were going through. The Anthony Bass situation, um, where Anthony Bass retweeted or whatever the hell you do on Instagram, um, uh, comments that were, shall we say, non inclusive, uh, surrounding the LGBTQ two LGBTQ plus community, um. I mean, it, it, it it was just a mess. I mean, the whole situation. First of all, Anthony, I mean, anyhow. The situation was a mess. And I think if a bunch of people had a redo, they probably would have done it differently. So, if you remember, one of the things to come out of it was that Anthony Bass apologized and he was going to catch the first pitch. And... That was done without consultation, the Blue Jays organization. Anyhow, Anthony Bass gets DFA. Um, story not many people know. Kevin Gossman at some point that week, and I'm not, not going to betray a confidence here. Kevin Gossman at some point that week went up to somebody in a position of power and said, and I'm paraphrasing, "Let me catch the first pitch, you guys." Just do what you got to do, and I'll catch the first pitch. Now, I mean, the only reason I'm mentioning that is because it's become pretty clear to anybody who's spent any time around that team that uh, there's some big personalities in this clubhouse. I think he's the dude. I think he's the guy. And I just remember having a conversation with somebody telling me that story just about how, and a typical Kevin Gosman, right? I mean, we all see how he is in the mound, right? Kind of this like cool, very relaxed matter of fact guy. Just the, it, you know, talk about having court awareness for things like that. Just the idea that a whole bunch of people are trying to scramble, figuring out how do we make a situation we didn't create, but we got to deal with better in a very public situation mm-hmm. And your ace basically says, just, you know, let me catch the first. You guys do what you got to do. I'll catch the first pitch, which, of course, uh, he ended up doing. I just thought I get little stories like that that tell you about somebody's character that just kind of tell you about how they go about their business and how a lot of guys like Kevin Gossman a lot of athletes like Kevin Gossman the idea is just let me I don't want to create problems or raise questions for you let me solve your problem let me solve as many problems as I can I just figured I'd tell that story because uh, John Schneider was asked today we talked about Kevin Gossman making a start tonight could be his last start uh, for the Blue Jays in the regular season depending on how the, the schedule plays out uh, as we mentioned, he's got 232 strikeouts. He is the AL career leader, or the AL leader this year. Pablo Lopez is 228. Garrett Cole has 217. Um, John Schneider was asked before the game just about the impact uh, of Kevin Gossman on this team and on the clubhouse.
3: Just a steady presence really. You look at what he does on the field. speaks for itself, but um, just the same guy every single day, and I think it really rubs off on not only pitchers but everyone else. It's a... Uh, very cerebral approach to every day, I think, and no matter what he's doing. Um, it's just a very calming presence, really, for everyone to kind of hopefully follow. But not everyone's like that. You know, guys are different. But Kev is just kind of the epitome of just calm and consistent. Would you like your
0: younger pitchers to kind of take for him? Is it that calmness, or is there,
2: like, competitiveness like, life? Penetrativism?
3: Yeah, I mean, the, everyone's different. Everyone's wired a little bit differently. But I think, you know, if anything, I think you take how he prepares, how he... Uh, performs how he takes care of himself and how he understands that there's going to be ups and downs um, it's how you treat your, you know it's how you treat your teammates it's how you handle those situations that are tough um, ultimately kind of really how you get measured it's easy when everything's going good it's tough when you're giving up runs or you're having a couple bad outings in a row and i think him just being the same guy and being accountable uh, when things don't go great is really what sets him apart falls coach on facing a team who's
1: cast in
0: a score
3: Any pitfalls? No. I mean, I think we all know, you know, where we are. We know what we need to do the last six games here. Um, It's still still the New York Yankees, and you're facing really good starting pitchers tonight and tomorrow. So it's, um, you know, we got to worry about what we're we're doing, not what other teams are trying to do. It's, you know, I kind of like playing division opponents too this time of year because there's, you know, a little bit added, you know, intensity, I think, a little bit in these games. But, uh, no, I don't think so at all. I think we're just focusing on what we need to do.
1: What's your idea
3: on um, Brandon, yeah, he's back in there today. You know, uh, I think everything that he's done up to this point um, looks a lot better than he did when he came back the last time. A lot more like himself um, in terms of bat speed and, and the way he's moving. So, uh, hopefully, he can kind of pick up right where he left off. Not easy to do, but he's arguably one of our best at bats. You know, when he is in there, so uh, looking for him to hopefully hit the ground running. John, how
1: do you think you, where this team is compared to nine games ago?
3: Yeah, a little different spot, you know, um, compared to nine games ago. I, I love the way we're playing. You know, everyone you know, everyone knows about our pitching and our defense. I think our bats have been really good. You look at George and Vlad, Bo, you know, doing damage and, and hitting homers. Guys are getting timely hits. They're hitting with guys on base. You know, it's just kind of the ebb and flow of the season. You look back to the middle of the year and it wasn't really happening, and they, they stayed consistent and they stayed, you know, they stayed confident. So I love the way that we are, you know, approaching every at bat right now um i love the way that we're adding on runs as the game goes on which is something that we kind of you know didn't do consistently um so i think right now you know the way we're playing the way these guys are getting after it and just how focused they are which is what everyone doesn't see um love where they're at right now
1: that is uh or was john schneider manager of the toronto blue jays his pre-game media availability talking to Ed gossman also brandon belts returned and whether or not uh, you know, the pitfalls of playing the Yankees. It was interesting hearing him talk about being a little more satisfied, Kevin, with the, the, with what he saw from the team offensively mm-hmm. that weekend in Tampa. In some ways, and we'll be joined by Dan Shulman. We have Jan, Dan Shulman? Great. We'll bring Dan Shulman in right now. I'll ask both you guys this question. Uh, Dan Shulman is the Blue Jays' play-by-play voice on Sportsnet. Dan, thanks so much for joining Kevin and myself. I was just about to say... You know, hearing John Schneider talk about uh, being a little more comfortable with where his team is at offensively, I got the impression in that series against the Rays, it's like they almost out the Rays, <laughs> right? And the way they won, I mean, taking advantage of all the stuff, all the stuff that used to happen to the Blue Jays happened to the Rays, and they took advantage of it, in some ways, They really are better offensively right now than they've been all year, are they not? Uh, I think they were on the road trip,
0: and good to be with you guys. I mean, they scored 37 runs in six games, so, you know, over six runs per game. That's not a conversation we've been having a lot this season. So, now, in two of those games, the other team uh, was uh, quite hospitable and had uh, bullpen meltdowns, uh, which doesn't hurt. Like, uh, Tommy Canley, Ian Hamilton mm-hmm. uh, had mm-hmm. one uh, for New York, and the other one, actually, the game the Blue Jays lost, ironically, but when Pete Fairbanks melted down, right, right. and was walking everybody. But, you know what? It, You know, some people say, oh, that's lucky, and I guess it is. But the Blue Jays haven't done that for other teams, right? Like Mm -hmm. the other teams, pitching just wasn't very good. Um, But they, they swung the bats better. They hit three home runs in the first game of the series against the Yankees. And then we all know, you know, Springer, Bichette, and Vladdy with two. They hit four home runs uh, on Sunday against the Rays. And and that's few and far between. They haven't had many games like that. So, uh, listen, if your stars are your stars, you've got a you got a chance to win games. And on Sunday, their stars were their stars, and and they need more of that over the next six days.
2: Dan, Dalton Varsho, you just mentioned all the home runs uh, in his last seven games. He's seven for his last 24 with a couple of homers and five RBIs. I, he looks like he's got a chance to me. And um, I may be simplifying that to a degree that probably everybody's laughing at. But he walks to the plate now. It just looks real simple. Like, it's yeah. not a robotic. Like, you know, I got to make sure I stride separate. I got to make sure my hands go here. I got to make sure when I rotate my hand. Like, it just doesn't look like that. It's just like I see ball, I hit ball, ball go where I want it to go. Does that somewhat what you see?
0: Yeah, it is. Um You know, I, I thought, honestly, going back to spring training, he was kind of in a tough spot. It was like, we're going to trade a really popular guy and one of the top prospects in baseball to get you, help us balance our lineup, you know, hit fourth, and we need to go to the World Series. That's a lot. <laughs> yeah, you know, that's, a, that's yeah. a lot for a guy, for a 26-year-old guy who's never been traded before. And then he gets off to a slow start, and maybe he's kind of not chasing numbers, but you know what I mean. He's he's like, oh, man. And, and he is a guy, I've talked to him 10 times about this. Um, he's an overthinker. He puts pressure on himself. He's a tinkerer. You know, all of those things that probably you don't want to be when you're struggling a little bit. Mm-hmm. So... I go back, was it two home stands ago? I can't even remember. You, you know, when he hit the triple... Oh, no, it was against the Red Sox. When he hit the triple over um, uh, Rafaela's head. Remember right. the, the yes. one that he misjudged out in center? Yes. I wonder if that was a 500-pound weight coming off his shoulders yeah. uh, when he hit that. Um, the other thing I think he's doing... You know, he still has spots in the zone he struggles with. And, sure. and you know them better than me, Kevin. But mm-hmm. what I think he's doing is he's not missing the ones that are in his spots. Well Instead said. of fouling them off, he's hitting them, and he's hitting them hard. And and I give him a lot of credit. There hasn't been one moment all year when any of us could have said, boy, Varsho should have made that play in the outfield, and he didn't. And there hasn't been one moment all year when any of us have said, boy, that wasn't the greatest base running by Varsho. Like, he's been 10 out of 10 in both of those. So... But yeah, he he looks like he's more comfortable. Obviously, Kevin Biggio is very confident, very confident right now. He's a good in a good place, and they're just getting a you know a guy chipping in here, a guy chipping in there. Um, you know, we'll see what it looks like tonight against Michael King, and tomorrow night against Garrett Cole. They didn't do anything against those two guys uh, back at the Bronx, and and. The way I'm looking at it, they're in a good spot. You know, everybody knows what they have to do to get in, but I wouldn't want to lose the first two. I think you got to get one of these next two uh, to keep the pressure monster away from the Rogers Center.
2: Dan, you think this is the best Vladdy you've seen all year at the plate?
0: I think he was really good in April. I think April is so long ago that yeah. we forget. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't think he hit seven or eight home runs. I don't know off the top of my head. I think he hit five, but I think it was more kind of vintage – He's not chasing as much. He's hitting for a high average. He's hitting rockets to right center. That Vladdy. You know, so I think he was really good in April. Um, but I think he's been really good lately. I'll drop a stat on you that I, oh, I, I like should. Sh- yeah. Well, this is, and, and I've kept this to my to myself. I want to break this on the air. Ben wait, Ben Wagner is now taking out his pen and paper. Of and course, of course, down. of course, he um, is. Vladdy hasn't struck out in his last thirty five plate appearances. That's the longest such streak of his career. Wow. Um, and he's walked, I think, seven or eight times in that stretch. And and. You know, you guys know, if he makes them come to him... Well, I shouldn't say that because there have been stretches this year where he missed very hittable pitches, but he's... He's getting to the fastball more. You'll like this, Kevin, because yeah. you've talked a lot about him hitting the fastball. Yeah. His numbers in September against the fastball are all way up, way, way, way up. He's yeah. got four homers in September off fastballs, higher batting average, higher slugging percentage, that sort of thing. So, mm. um, yes, I think he looks good, and I think it all starts. His chase percentage is way down. You know, that that's the first thing. You make them come in the zone more. Then can you do damage? If you, if you make them come to you, he's good enough that he should be able to do damage. But I certainly think this is the best he's looked since April. Yep.
1: Let's get ahead of ourselves for a bit here, Uh-oh. Dan. Who would the Jays rather face? Do you? Yeah, well, Barker's surveyed a bunch of people, and they told him we don't really care. They so don't. who do you think would be a better opponent for the Jays hmm. in the wild card? Tampa or I'm Minnesota? Because I've been I'm all gonna, in. A, I am saying I want nothing yeah. to do with Minnesota. I want Tampa. Yeah. I don't know. I've heard you
0: say that. I've heard you say that. So I'm a careful what you wish for guy. Mm -hmm. Like if the if the baseball gods, if their attention is elsewhere, if they're watching the Diamondbacks or the Astros or the Cubs, don't wake them up. Let the baseball gods (laughs) do their thing somewhere else. Um, I'm a careful what you wish for. And from just having been down at the for three days, I think Tampa Bay is a little bit vulnerable right Mm -hmm. now. I I mean, they're their top three starters, I guess, would be Eflin, Glassnow, and Latell. Um, Latell's done a great job for them, and he's the kind of guy that kind of gets the you know yes the Blue Jays struggle with for reasons we can't figure out. But um, Sonny Gray and Pablo Lopez and Joe Ryan, I'd give the edge to the Twins. Yeah, uh, offensively, Minnesota in the second half. Is scoring a lot of runs, and we don't know exactly who's healthy and who's not for the Rays, but we know not everybody is healthy. Mm-hmm. So, um, I thought the Sunday game was huge, not only in the standings. Like the way they lost Saturday, it was like the ghost started creeping out again at the trot, yes. And uh, Andy Freed, who's a, a friend of mine, the radio announcer for the for the Rays, he and I were talking. I walked by his booth after the game Saturday, and before I could say anything, he goes, "What did we just see?" <laughs> and I said, I, "I said I don't know." Like night. Neither team should have won that game. Like Major League Baseball should have stepped in and said, "I'm sorry, neither of you played well enough to exactly. win the game." But the but the Rays won the game, and I thought if the Jays had lost Sunday, guys, there would have been some of the old house of horrors mm-hmm. stuff. But because the Jays won Sunday, I think that's I think the ghosts are gone. So I yeah. if if the team was to get on a plane Sunday night and go down to the Trop, I don't think there would be any dread on that plane at all. Yep.
2: Dan, do you think Pete Walker, John Snyder organization is worried about who they have to pick to throw game two? What I mean by that is, say it's Gosman game one, you can line this thing up the way you want to line up. Perfect scenario, yep. right? But game yep. two, Bassett and Barrios have basically had the same year. I mean, I, yep. I think either way you went, you'd be comfortable with that. And Barrios you're, didn't pitch last year. You're going to make one of those unhappy. How do you think uh, they handle that?
0: I think they're going to choose the guy, so to to, uh, coin a Kevin Barker phrase, I I think – you know, the khakis will give their opinion uh, on who should pitch game two. And that's probably who will pitch game Welcome two. Welcome to my side, Dan. Yes, I, I know. It. I know. I listen to the show.
1: I listen. Dan's um, got a, Dan's got a foot in both camps. Oh, yeah. No, so, yeah. You do. I, I credit um, you with that. Uh, yeah.
0: No, I know. I, I can straddle the fence as well as anybody. Here. So, um, but I don't, honestly, if you said to me, who, who do you think is better right now? I don't know how I would answer that yeah. question. I think they're both really, really good. I don't know that the guy who they don't pick will be upset because mm. if they if it goes to a third game, he's starting the deciding game of mm. a series, yeah. and if the Blue Jays were to win in two, he's starting game one of the next round. That's so, true. you know, uh, I don't think they would worry about offending either guy. The one thing I really hope they don't do, and I don't think they will, like, just lay it out. It shouldn't... Uh, you know, you don't want all this uncertainty and secrecy, and teams do this in the playoffs. I get it. But, mm-hmm. you know, if, if if you win game one, then you can do this in game two, and you can hold that guy back. And I don't think their rotation is structured like that. It, it's obvious right now, I think, in my opinion, no disrespect to Yusei Kikuchi or Hyunjin Ryu, I think it's obvious who their top three are. Yep. But I don't look at uh, Barrios or, or Bassett. I don't look at one being better than the other i don't think you can make a bad choice i think it might just come down to matchups and i haven't you know they're both righties but i haven't looked at tampa bay and minnesota you know maybe do you want to keep a rios away from minnesota you know i don't know like like you know because yeah, he pitched yeah. there and all that but sure. whoever you're not using in game two you're saying we're happy to use him in game three and and if you're up one game to none in game two then there's less pressure in that game than if you're pitching the third game, right? Right. The third game, obviously, is an elimination game. So that's what I mean. I hope they don't say if we win game one, we'll do this. If we lose game one, we'll do – like – yeah, let your guys have their normal preparation and mental warm up and all that kind of stuff. But, you know, it's a good problem to have. Uh, Absolutely. Uh, just about every other team would trade their top 3 for uh, for this top three. well Yeah.
1: Said. I was going to say it's uh have, having to make that decision. If the only thing you're worried about is somebody's feelings and not the performance okay, you're going right. to get in the un- field. It's only if you
0: lose out.
2: game 1. That's what it is. And one of those two don't get the pitch. That's the only thing.
1: I see.
0: Yeah. No, that that that's true, but I I don't think you can go into a series thinking thinking that way uh, i think you've got to go with whoever you think gives you the best chance to win the game and i and i'm sure when it comes down to barrios and bassett it'll be splitting hairs you know uh, yeah. like bassett's more sinker cutter and Barrios is well he's sinker too but he's slurve and
1: change
0: and you know so maybe maybe minnesota's a better breaking ball hitting team and, and you know what i mean like right. they'll that's the kind of stuff i think that'll ultimately design, absolutely
1: probably. danny have a great call tonight my friend thanks so much yeah you're the best thanks all right guys thanks see you soon yeah dan shulman blue jays voice on sportsnet 707 will be the first pitch tonight jays and yankees from the roger It's time for between the lines brought to you by bet rivers it's a whole new game Mr. Mark Boffle, you want to talk about Kevin Gosman, do you not? I sure do. He's on the mound tonight, like you guys were saying. Michael King opposing for the Yankees. But we're going to concentrate on Gosman tonight. We're looking at his strikeout total, which is 7.5 Ks tonight against the Yankees. Is he going to go over or under that number? Over, under 7.5 strikeouts? Over. Not even a question. 31 strikeouts in three games against the Yankees this year. Not a question. The, over. The Yankees don't
2: like all speed pitches, and the dude that does is not playing. I'll take the over, too. Yeah. And I think he's going to throw hard. This could be his last start. I think he knows it. By the way, and if, he's making it a, at
1: home. It, he's, it, he's got a little something to prove tonight. If you're interested, Aaron Judge against uh, Kevin Gossman uh, 31 at bats, nine hits, two doubles, three homers, 14 Ks. Yeah. Aaron Judge not in the lineup today. That was between the lines, brought to you by Bet Rivers. It's a whole new game. Yeah, Judge is
2: a guesser, and 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 he likes to fish eye. You know, a fish eye means yes, hitting and looking at that first face, Judge. Occasionally, you're not gonna, you know, you're not gonna look down there, right? <laughs> you're gonna punch out 14 times. You fish eye once, and you know what they call you? They call you a fish eyeer. I mean, I'm just jealous. You gotta have guts to do that. You gotta be six (laughs) eight.
1: Yeah, (laughs) yeah. Jay Jackson. But I wonder what. No, we may see what Jay Jackson against him again at some point in this series. Jay Jackson. I don't think. I think it's over. I think he's happy to be in the big leagues. John Morosi of the MLB Network joins us at 6 o'clock, 6.30. Thad Levine, he is a senior VP and general manager of the Minnesota Twins, my childhood favorite team, the Twins AL Central champions. I got a good feeling about the Twinkies this year. It's Blair and Barker on Sportsnet 590, the fad at Sportsnet.